Hello, welcome. We're here. This is episode six of No Laugh Track. My name is Justin Severson. I'm the host here. I produce the KQ Morning Show, but uh, just as important, I also, uh, I'm the host here of No Laugh Track, of Acme Comedy Club's official podcast. And I have a there guest. There are unofficial podcasts. Oh, f- screw those guys. But those guys are wrong. I, you know what? They are wrong, and we're getting after them. Yeah, Our forget lawyers them. lawyers are at the Acme Lawyers. <laughs> the Acme Law Firm. Yes, yeah. This yeah. is the official. Everything's Acme, yeah. <laughs> My guest this week is Tim Bedore. Hello, Tim. Hello. Hello. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So uh, normally we record the show Wednesday afternoons or maybe Thursdays. Uh that's not going to work this week. No. Tomorrow's the 4th of Tomorrow's July. Tomorrow's the 4th of July, and I would not join you. No. Unless no. you were in a lake with me, and yeah. you brought the uh, portable recorder. We could sit, but there would be a lot of uh, wind noise. Um, yes, so let's do it tonight. So here we are. I, uh, so it's Tuesday night. You just got off stage about a half an hour ago. Half an hour ago. I was in Working attending. on uh, uh, the second beer. Right now, it's the second beer? The, uh, two of two. Okay, that's it? Two is the, two is the limit. Okay. All right. <laughs> Gotta be. Otherwise, well, otherwise, we would be singing uh, songs at the end of this. So I was in attendance tonight. Yes. Snuck in the back. Good, good. Yeah, what did you think of the show tonight? Oh, it was real good. Um, you know, it was a, a mixed age group, which is good for me. Uh, being the age I am, I like to have somebody in the audience that is my age. But it's also good that. to have young people yeah. as well. Yeah. Uh, to talk to people whose age you would like to be <laughs> again uh, or have fond memories of that time. Right. Um, no, it was good. It was a real good crowd. This room, I've been working this room probably for 25 years. Really? Before it was Acme. It was uh, named The Rib Tickler. Really? Yes. I've never kn- I never knew that. Yes. And it looks... Just about exactly like it did when they opened it. It was precisely correct. The dimensions, everything. They knew what they were doing or they guessed right. Yeah, yeah. It has been one of the best rooms in the country. Isn't it? Since they opened it. Yeah, it's a good feeling knowing everyone comes here and says that pretty it much is. that exact same thing in their own uh, you know, unique way. Yeah. Um, so, no, I've been coming here for the longest time and it's i don't know that's necessarily minnesota i think the room has a lot to do with it mm-hmm. almost gets minnesotans out of their minnesotan thing sure one of the first times i was here sitting right there in the front i didn't know about minnesota i grew up in wisconsin right polish german people pretty much extroverted mm-hmm. italians polish german and the polish people are extroverts warm, you know, hug, talk, whatever. So the first no filter, n- really not. Yeah. I mean, they're very on the surface. Yeah. You Minnesotans have nothing but filter. It's, yeah. t- it's total filter. So one <laughs> night, one of the first times I was through here, right in this seat right here, this guy was not laughing at anything okay everybody around it was it it could have been the best set i've ever had in my life everybody you know closed eyes laughing and nodding except for this guy 
who was rolling his eyes. He would hear something, and the bigger the laugh from the audience, the more he would go. Oh, the more annoyed. Yeah, the, the bigger the sure. And I, I almost stopped the show and said to him, "Sir, if this is that painful for you, please, I don't want to, I don't want to hurt you. We'll take a time out. You can just we'll I, turn I the gonna, lights on. I was you can leave. Buy him some drinks. Just go to the bar. Yeah, and sit it out." I almost stopped the show because he was so in pain compared to everybody else. And, of course, now I'm focused on that guy. Not the 99%. Not the 99% who were having a great time. After the show, he comes up to me and he says, I want to thank you for having a great time here tonight. Uh And I thought the next line was, just to see how much you suck. Or, yeah, you know, it was yeah. Just like, he was setting, he was setting up. you up. Yeah. And instead, he just kept going on. We really enjoyed it. I want to thank you for working clean. You didn't swear, which I don't. Yeah. And he starts saying stuff. It's like, well, that sounds sincere. Right. And what I found out was to, afterwards... He's just a Minnesotan who couldn't laugh right in public. You know <laughs> that would be showing emotion. Uh, I, I know in that public. I know that all too well. Uh, part of your show tonight, you mentioned uh, was it in reference to your wife? You said about yes. the Norwegian uh, Swedish yes. thing. Yeah, I'm both. Yes, I'm both. So you know, yeah, you know. Oh, yeah. how difficult. Yeah, the public expression of emotion, including. Laughter can be for some. Now, this was a really good crowd. I bought my parents' tickets to a show that there was playing in Minneapolis. I think they do it every year. Uh, It's called A Don't Hug Me Christmas. (laughs) Have you heard of that? Uh I I will believe that it's absolutely true because it sounds absolutely therapeutic. Yeah. For... A don't hug me Christmas. Uh-huh. And I bought tickets uh, specifically for my parents because I thought, oh my god, my dad, this, it, my mom, German, only German, dad, Norwegian and Swedish. So yeah. you got really no emotion on both sides. It's wonderful. <laughs> yes. <laughs> very orderly, probably very efficient. No emotion. Well, yeah. You like me. You know you like me. I'm not going to tell you. We don't need to. Yeah. No, no, no. We don't need to. And as far, and I, I was taking notes, actually. We were sitting in the back of the room, and uh, during your set tonight, there was a woman sitting in front of us, and uh, I I think she fit into one of those categories because I, I, I only heard, I heard her laugh out loud. In fact, you you addressed her during one of the jokes, and I'm not, I don't remember now what it was oh probably the uh cialis when my daughter said what's an erection oh i know what it was and she said uh it was when the uh yeah you said something about uh sex problems are a woman's fault no they're not oh that was there you go and she shouts out and but at one point she leaned over and said to uh, the gentleman that was with her i'm laughing so hard my sides hurt there you go, Tim. Internally, she's laughing. She well, that let, was the thing. Is she I didn't, didn't let it out. Anything. See, I heard nothing. She was a mime laugher. Yes, I, I, I thought. I, I, I thought. What, what, where are you laughing? Because Minnesota. I you're not moving. Minnesota. I don't. There's nothing audible. I'm laughing so hard, my sides hurt. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Inside. 
<laughs> it's unbelievable. Let it out, but that'd be that'd be showing emotion in public. <laughs> as long as she enjoyed it somewhere, yeah, oh, yeah, internally, externally, that's the thing. Yeah, and they uh, they ended up leaving early, uh, but I and then at one point you did uh, you have a what was it? It was the thing about oh, when kids, what do they do now? What, what you were saying about how you know when you were young, what did they tell you to do? Go play outside. And she she was one that had to contribute. They play. We played hide and seek. I don't know if you heard her, but no, thankfully not. <laughs> uh, you know, here's the thing about rhetorical questions: um, they are rhetorical. Yeah, you really don't have to get involved. No, no, no. no. <laughs> and I, you know, I may be guilty of asking too many, um, or making it sound because there are times when I actually am curious. Sure, what an audience member thinks, sure. but. If you say something, there are people who feel like, you know, they'll almost raise their hands yeah, to be yeah, called yeah, on. Yeah. She just assumed you uh, picked, you yes. called on her yes. in class. Yes. Shout it out. <laughs> so, how, so you said you grew up in Stevens Point. Stevens Point. You live Stevens here Point. now. I live Is that in correct? My wife grew up here. We were in L.A. for a number of years. And when my daughter turns seven, you start thinking... Where can she ride a bike in Los Angeles that I wouldn't be in a panic at all times? Sure. And the answer was Minnesota. Yeah. (laughs) You know, my family's in Wisconsin and Karen's is here, and it just made so much more sense. Yeah. Um, I don't know how to raise a kid in Los Angeles. I I wouldn't know how. No. Um, So Was she born there or born here? Yeah, she was born there. Born there. Born there. Yeah. She would not go back. You know, I, I keep threatening. Uh, you know, if I win the Powerball, moving back to Beverly Hills, she said, I'll stay. Oh, okay. Mom and I will stay. Yeah. We'll keep Lexi. Mom and I stay here. You go. There you go. So she wouldn't, yeah, she loves it here. So where did you first get on stage? I was a radio guy. Oh, yeah. I started in Stevens Point, Wisconsin in college radio and got out to California because uh, that was the goal. And ended up in Sacramento, California, and comedy, club comedy was just taking off okay. at the time, again. And the club there liked what I did on the radio. I did a lot of, hopefully, funny stuff, amusing. Morning show, afternoon? And, uh, actually, it was evenings? nights and then mornings. Okay. And they invited me to come out and host at the club and interview the comics. Wait a second. And that's how it started. I started as much as I would love radio as a the rest of my life. Yeah. Comedy was more fun. <laughs> yeah. So I you know, I went to Houston and I started then really started kind of trying to do stand up. Bill Hicks and Sam Kennison were at this local club. They were the big stars of the time there. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. I was just you know, start not to host and try to do stand up, and then I ended up with a radio job in San Francisco. Okay, at a time when the scene there was exploding, and so many talented comics. So I was on a radio station that had a lot to do with comedy and doing stand up. And at a certain point, I just looked at my life and I said, you know, if I do stand up full time, I'm going to end up playing a lot more golf. A lot more softball. Yeah. And I'll never talk to anybody in a suit. <laughs> <laughs> no. And uh, that seemed to work. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
That's perfect. I miss radio. I love radio. I really do. But um, stand-up is just, it's the freest form, you know, of expression. So you were doing, I'm sure, a lot of writing on the yes. radio. Yes. I had a typewriter in the studio. I was literally, I did features like uh, the Dear Abby Aptitude Test, where I'd read the letter written to Dear Abby asking for advice, and then two bits of advice, one that she wrote one that I wrote, and we asked if oh, the which one could is tell real. Nice. Which one was real. I'm going to steal that. Thank you. And you could, yeah, no, don't do it. <laughs> and uh, the Bible according to Tim. I love taking. I had a Bible in the studio at this rock station. I'd open the Bible and it would say, and it came to pass, and that would just be enough to trip off. And it came to pass on third and long yardage. And it just then Jesus was in a football game. Sure. <laughs> so there are a lot of those types of things. And doing stand-up, and then at a certain point, we're going to do this. We're going to do stand-up. We're going to leave the safe confines of the radio studio. Wow. And the wife was all uh, your wife? I was not married. No, no, no. Oh, no. Boy. Way before You want to have some years on the road as a single man. That, uh, you, yeah, you don't want to <laughs> be married for that. That's... Yeah, you shouldn't put a wife through that. No, you shouldn't. I, I imagine not. Not that it's crazy. It's just that it's no life. I mean, no. you know, you're gone. Sometimes I wasn't home for three weeks in a row. Right. When you're just, you got to go out and do your career, and you know, hit the road and pay your dues and all that kind of stuff. So uh, you really don't want to put a woman through that. Sure. You mentioned Sam Kinison and um, Bill Hicks. Min Bill Hicks. Did you work? Were you on stage? You know, the same nights they were. Do oh, you have yeah. any stories about those two? Oh yeah. Um, Sam, they, ever, they ever take you out drinking, pouring? Bill, Bill. Yeah. Um, Sam. Uh, there was this was one of the few clubs, the Houston Comedy Workshop was the name of it. One of the few clubs I've ever been at, and I was literally just starting. I mean, mm -hmm. literally you know, two, three minutes. I was a disc jockey and doing two, three minutes. Sure. And they had an artistic director, not the guy that booked the club, but also he taught and guided the comics. Do you think there was any difficulty between <laughs> comics and then somebody else telling them, no, do it this way? Yeah. Here's how you're supposed to. can imagine there's a, quite a bit of conflict. To the point where Sam broke the guy's leg in the parking lot one night after a show. Just one too many bits of advice and snap. <laughs> one too many bits of advice. <laughs> he snapped the guy's leg. Really? Yes. Yes. You weren't there. I was not there. You weren't there. Not that night. Yeah. But um, he did. Yeah. Those two never took you out uh, uh, finding no. the babes? No. No. Bill and the posse, uh, super nice guy. Yeah. Terrific guy. Yeah. Love to talk, you know, about religion and philosophy and politics and stuff and would have a beverage or two. Yeah, right. With, you know, whomever. Yeah, he was a real nice guy. Yeah. Super talented. Um, started clean. He was not, he was real clean. Kind of like a junior Jay Leno. And then morphed into. <laughs> Keyword started. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. So how often are you, you live here and we're at Acme in Minneapolis. How how often are you going on the road these days? Uh, mostly the fall and spring. I'm on a radio show called the Bob and Tom Show. So, how often? Uh, for five years, I was on every week. Now I'm on every couple of weeks because the writing got to be 
you know, it's a little overwhelming. Actually, mm-hmm. I do a, a six-minute feature every couple of weeks on what's going on in my life, essentially. Okay. And hopefully humorous generally is. It's called Vague But True because I don't have a research staff. I can't afford researchers. I'd like to be accurate and true, but vague but true is yeah. as far as I get with the staff and the money that I have. Right. Um, and I do it from home. Okay. I have an ISDN box in my house. Perfect. And 150 markets in the country hear me. Yeah. And in those markets, I am known, and I get to go and do small theaters and one-off shows in those places. Oh, okay. Okay. And it's that, that's mostly where I work. Oh, so sort of the Bob and, and Tom tour. Uh, my own little. But yeah. they have their tour. Oh, they. Oh, that's right. They have their big tour. Yeah. Which I've been on as well. Okay. And. But I go out and do – I also do um, – so talking about radio. Okay. So I do this piece in 2003 called The Animal Conspiracy. Yeah, I, I saw that uh, online. On do, my, I did my bit of the, uh, research. research. A little bit of research. So essentially what it was was I was trying to do a criticism of the Bush administration's rationale to get into Iraq. Weren't we attacked by Afghanistan – I still don't know what the hell happened. We attacked Iraq in response to Afghanistan. Anyway, so... Bad map. You know, something happened. Mm -hmm. GPS screwed up. Yep. Couldn't get satellites. And I wanted to make a comment about it on the radio. They don't like political content. Yep. So I made a parallel argument that the Bush administration made, claiming that the axis of evil actually was squirrels and moose and all these animals hate us, and we got to. They hate capitalism. They hate democracy. They hate freedom. Okay, and they're going to bring us down. We got to get them before they get us. Yeah. Half the people seemed to get that it was a political statement. The other half thought I was just worried about squirrels, but it, <laughs> but it just took off. I mean, who it, isn't worried about squirrels? Well, everybody should be, right? Because they're rats with fuzzy tails. Come on, you know, you put an afro on Hitler, still evil. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> so this thing took off. They, right. They've played it literally 500 times or more in the past bunch of years. Sure. And so that's my hook. And I go out and do a slideshow. I do stand-up and a slideshow called An Inconvenient Horror, The Animal Conspiracy. Okay, yeah. Because yeah. all horrors are inconvenient, by the way. <laughs> okay. There's no horror that's convenient. <laughs> Thank you. Horrors are paid to be convenient. That's a different deal. <laughs> Gotcha. And so I do about an hour of stand-up and a uh, half hour of slides showing how the animals are trying to bring down the West. And it's just I've, – I've done it in corporate dates. I've done it – people have never heard it before. It's just – And this has been going on almost 10 years. Yes. Yeah. Now, I looked at uh, – I actually I, – I, I hope that you'll approve my friend request I sent you on Facebook today. Oh, so, I, I don't know that I have or haven't, but I will. Come on. I will. Let's be friends. Let's be friends. But I did. You have your Facebook page open, so I was looking at it, and there's a lot of pictures of animals. People send me more proof that the squirrels certainly are looking at us. Why would they, why would they chew through your cable? Why? I don't know. Because they don't want us to get information. <laughs> they don't want us to enjoy. They want, us, they want to waste our money. That's what they do. They have to live in a hole in a tree. Yeah. They see us with our, our plush mattresses and our microwave popcorn, yeah. and they're pissed off about it. So they're trying to bring us down, and they talk to the bigger animals out there on the front lines, mm-hmm. out there, and, and that's the animal conspiracy. And so I do this slideshow, 
on on that, and it's just it's just a hoot. I I studied art and film and ended up in radio and stand up. I don't know where the visuals went. Yeah. But now I get to do it with this sludge. Sure. I, get I dropped out of college two times. So two times. That's how I ended up here. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Two times. And the same school two times. They let you back. Well, good for them. I just took a timeout, as I tell my kids. Or did they ask you to take a timeout? No, I took the timeout. Okay. Right. And then I went back. Time in. <laughs> two more years. Two more years. One year off. Two years. Goodbye for probably forever. And now you're here. And now I'm here. And that's the kind of thing that that kind of academic <laughs> leads to. <laughs> you better believe it. Yeah. <laughs> you better believe it. Oh, my goodness. So so you're doing the radio thing. You said it was every two, every, three. Every other week. When I have something. When I have you know something what? that I want to really This is real about. insider boring radio stuff, but... but uh, isn't that the best? It's yes. not. Don't don't be forced to produce something when you're ready. Yes, that it's absolutely true because it used to be every week and that worked, and then about three years into it, it was like you know I don't have enough anecdotes in my life right to fill up once a week. So now it's every whenever I feel like I've got something perfect I want to do. Well, it's yeah. a great gig. Yeah, it is good for you. I, you know, one of the things I was talking about was uh, my daughter's eighth grade graduation ceremony. And does does an eighth grader really need a graduation ceremony? And so you start talking about all this stuff, mm-hmm. and people relate to all these human things so much. I mean, girls in high heels for the first time, not only are they walking in high heels for the first time, but they're on a stage in front of parents and friends. And it was such a rich human moment these eighth graders were wearing high heels for the first time many of them for the first these girls Hmm. were dressed up for the first time they weren't buying special dresses of course they did (sighs) because that's what our economy is based on you know i i I haven't mentioned this to you but i have on the podcast where i have two daughters Uh uh-huh so yes and and they're young six and and four no you're gonna go through this they need a new dress they need and what these girls walking in high heels it was like they were mimes walking against an unseen wind. There was just some gravity that was not working. Oh, no. And, you know, so stuff like that that I get to talk about on the radio, human stuff people relate to. Yeah, oh, that's good stuff. Um, it's What was the temperature today in Minneapolis? About 130? Uh, and that was just, you know, that was the temperature. You had the humidity. Not just the heat, and but the, the wind. humidity. Actually, I think uh, 188. What idea? The, the wind heat factor. <laughs> what did you do? Anything to stay cool today? I uh, did, but I want to know if you did. Yes, uh, the basement was uh, a lot of what we did. Uh, yeah, no, you just you wouldn't golf today. You drive past the golf course. Uh, boy, it's wide open. I wonder. Oh yeah, I saw a few. <laughs> we were at a uh, a family gathering the other uh, Sunday Sunday night. I mean, we're on a crazy heat streak here in yes. the Twin Cities. I mean, it's been in the but 90s. it's not global warming. No, no, no. Can't be. <laughs> it's been in the 90s. You know, they're saying yeah. this heat index over 100, whatever that means. Yeah. Uh, we were at a little... You know fa- what that means? Really hot. Really, That's really hot. Yeah. Really hot. Yeah. We were at a little family, family gathering on Sunday night, and uh, my girlfriend's aunt was saying, oh, and uh, yeah, I might, I might bite the bullet and turn the air on tonight. What are you waiting for? Uh... God to say you don't have to suffer this much. What? Yes. Where's the point? Where's the point where you go? Okay, I'm gonna suck it up and pay this well, bill. Well, wherever that point is, we haven't reached it yet. Wow. Yeah. Wow. 
Yeah. It's been an ama- amazing heat uh, streak here. It's been uh, it's been very not Minnesota. No, not at all. What um, even the mosquitoes are saying? I can't take this. <laughs> the this blood is, is boiling inside of them. Yes, too hot. Got big plans for tomorrow. Uh, we're going to the lake cabin. You know, everybody here in Minnesota has a lake cabin or wants one or knows someone with a lake cabin. For, for people not listening in Minnesota, we just call it the cabin. The cabin. Yeah. Going to the cabin. Everybody's got a cabin on a lake. There are 10,000 or more here. And so cabins. And I don't call it the lake cabin. I call it Camp Mildew because <laughs> that's what it is. It smells as if every drawer has a dead fish in it. You, you know what? You're right. Yes, yeah. is Camp Mildew. It's it's the sheets. It's the it permeates. Yeah, it's everything. In Every these clean thing. Cabins. Yeah, it smells like the cabin, Camp Mildew, and uh, so there's horse flies and uh, no internet access. That's Camp Mildew. It's really <laughs> wonderful. I was jogging once up there, and a farm dog chased me. Um, yeah, it's like a pit bull on crack. It was a farm dog. Sure. And, uh, boy, you run a lot faster. Yeah. You really do. Um, pull a stick from a swamp and start swatting at the farm dog. That's, you know, that's Camp Mildew for me. Who's got the cabin? You have a cabin? No, my wife's family. Oh. So they have the cabin. It's about an hour, and we'll sit. We'll literally put the lawn chairs in the lake. I know that look. Yeah, that, yep. I've the been umbrella there. over lasts as long as you can. Mm-hmm. Hamburgers and home. <laughs> It must not be very far if you're just going it is for the not. day. You got uh, fifty two, minutes. Yeah, you got to, oh, lucky you. The lucky. fifty minute drive to the cabin. You better believe it, buddy. Yeah, and I'm sure there's plenty of people who go. Really, I gotta drive four hours, and then we got well, with stops. Them. We got six, and yeah, it's not normal to have a fifty minute drive. To, yeah, you should have bought where they did. Up north. Up north. Up north. As they, as up they in the north, yeah, or north. Yeah, well, that's nice because you have shows. Let's see, one Thursday, Thursday Friday, two Saturday. Friday, two Saturday. Yes. So it's I, a short. I got to be back. I can't stay up there and and not have any sleep in the the double bed with no air conditioning and 98 degrees and then come do shows. <laughs> it's going to be that, miserable, that, isn't yes, it? It's it really going to be work. miserable. does not work. You can't really actually be looking forward to this trip when it's 90 degrees, 95 tomorrow. Uh, you know, you'll get in the water. You'll get in the water and you'll the dog will, the ball and the boat and the skiing and the, you know, you pull a hamstring and you get some ice on it and have a hot dog and you come back. There you go. Your act is very clean. Thank it's you. one of the cleanest, I think I've, I mean, I, yeah, it's very clean. That's all I can say. Uh, do you, and you mentioned your family quite a bit in yeah. your act. And uh, I, I noticed quite a bit you mentioned your daughter, Claire. Yes. Yeah. Has she, does she know, does she know the act? You know what, actually, there's a lot that's worse. Um, this is absolutely true, and I didn't do these bits tonight, but this is true. I generally do them. Now it's, she was seven at the time. We'd just moved here to Minneapolis from L.A., much more wholesome place, you know. She wants a dog. Mm-hmm. How wholesome is that? Very. Get her a dog. Puppy. I got out of bed one morning, walked into the kitchen. Claire is laying on the kitchen floor, sucking on our puppy's nipples. No, what, now, what? Wait, yeah. what? Now, <laughs> what? what actually happened, it seems... <laughs> She loves this dog so much. <laughs> yes. 
And she claims to this day that she was just giving the dog's belly raspberries. <laughs> she was blowing, you know, giving kisses and... Yeah. Uh, but I'll inhaled not... at the wrong spot. Sure. And that's when I walked in. So I see my daughter sucking on her puppy's nipples. And then what do you do? You have to say something. You know, you can't just walk through. How's that working out for you? Yeah, yeah. You know, you can't just go through. I got to make some job and we'll talk about this in a second. You know, and if you say bad girl, which one should turn around? I think they're I think they're both guilty. They're both guilty. But then, you know, as a parent, you want to do the right thing. But this is a very touchy subject. What is that right thing? What do you do? Please tell me. Well, you Google little girl sucks puppy nipples. You don't get any help. No. You do not. I would not imagine so. You get some very interesting websites. (laughs) You do not get any useful information. I talked about that for years. That's a true story. Wow. Um, Wow. And she probably was just kissing. Sure. You know, but I, I walked in. Oh, my God. We're in Minnesota. You can't do that here. In Los Angeles, you can, but not here. Yeah, you, you could earn some money yeah. in L.A. doing that. Man. Um, here, we just look the other way. And pretend then, we you don't know, know you. When she was seven, eight, nine, ten, she thought it was cute that I was talking about these things because okay. people were knowing sure. her. Sure, sure. And on the radio, talking about these things. 11, 12, 13, she started to realize how that looked. Yeah. So now she charges me. Depending upon how embarrassing it is. Yeah. So the range is twenty to fifty dollars. What? For super embarrassing. I've paid her twenty dollars on occasion. Yeah. For stuff. And she's very funny, actually. She mm-hmm. does say funny. She's funny. Yeah, that's she's good. She's got a good sense of humor. Mm-hmm. Um in fact we were up at Camp Mildew last summer fishing and at dusk on this lake for 40 years that they've owned this cabin my wife's family you will always catch fish with cheese at dusk and there were fish jumping all over the place i mean it looks like you could go out with a net there were so many fish jumping around her bobber yeah with the cheese on it on the hook and she wasn't catching anything and she comes up to the deck and i start kidding her that she's the first person in 40 years that didn't catch fish with cheese. Yeah. She said, these fish are lactose intolerant. <laughs> you know, as a 13-year-old. That's pretty good. It's a pretty good joke. It is. It's a pretty good you joke. <laughs> I didn't teach her any of this stuff. I don't want her to be a comedian. <laughs> she, you know, she's just funny. She, she puts stuff together. So what else you, I mean, so you're, uh, you say you're only, t- you, you go on tour on the road and these, uh, you know, like the Bob, Bob and Tom markets mm-hmm. and you're doing Acme. Mm-hmm. What else do you do to fill your time? Uh, I write. I'm always, you know, I've got the recorder, the little flash recorder. Nothing is, is everything's material. Everything could be something. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you do? Do you carry a, uh, you actually like record yes. audio of your voice yes. when you have an idea? Yes. Okay. And then. Do you ever write it down or is it yeah, just so much easier? Yeah, transcribe later. it afterwards. And then, and then it can be two, three weeks before even an idea comes to your mind about why that thing that you thought was funny. Yeah. Tonight I was talking about, and tried it for the first time actually, um, it happened last year, I said, 
tonight. I lied and said it was recent, but it was a year or two ago. Sure, sure. Uh, that we had this soup that my wife just... Oh, yeah. I, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just the look in her face. She goes, <laughs> just, oh, my God. <laughs> that face that you remember yes, and from I, the honeymoon. Oh, my God. You know, I haven't seen that face. She likes soup more than me now. <laughs> that was two years ago. And I still, you know, just you, you put it in the computer and sure. who knows when the thought will seize up in your brain that, you know, makes it work. Yeah. yeah. I saw on your website you have some CDs. Yes. Uh, most of what's there are the radio Vegba True features from over the years. So, and then a stand-up CD, which is out of print. I have to get a new one going. Wait a minute, out of print? Yes. So if I had a copy, I could probably sell it for like 60, 70 bucks on Amazon? I was thinking, I thought you were going to say 60 or 70 cents, and that would be probably more accurate. Um, Come on. Yeah, no, I've got to uh, get a new one going. That is correct. Yeah. So, But the, the, the ones that you see for sale are the uh, vague but true features from the radio. And you can, and people, and I saw on your website, you uh, you post those so people can check. Yes. I, I do all put of them, them on the, the site? No. No. But, but since the last CD, the, the volume three, I've, I've been putting them on online for people just you know to listen to it's marketing sure i mean that's what this stuff is now yeah you know nobody's buying anything it's just marketing so no but you you connect with people i mean people get on and they listen for six minutes and get a chuckle and you know maybe they come see you sometime or whatever sure so yeah who nudged you into trying comedy instead of just sticking with the radio thing? Or did you walk out on your own and say, I, always I could do this? It. I always wanted it. I was always afraid to try it. If if somebody hadn't more or less said do it, I wouldn't have done it. So it, there is it someone. A, it was a club in Sacramento that said, you know, let's have you host. Come on out. And I found out that hosting was simple. Yeah. Hosting was easy. It was easy to be funny. They didn't expect you to be funny, and so... Surprise funny. Surprise funny is easy. Sure. It's when you start doing material where you're actually saying something and the audience realizes he thinks this is going to be funny Mm -hmm. that frames it completely differently. And all of a sudden, rightly so, they get judgmental. Sure. And then it started sucking. It just, I, I was, the first five times, it was so easy and so fun hosting. Then I started preparing material, and wow, what a difference. <laughs> what, what, was your, what was your material about when you first started? You, remember, you uh, must remember. The first bit that worked was about, um, this is so long ago, there was a department store called Montgomery Wards. Yes, Monkey wards. Monkey wards. Mm-hmm. And the law clinic of Jacoby and Meyer had a legal office in Montgomery wards. Sure. So when you're buying a lawn tractor or <laughs> jeans or and then want to check out the legal situation with yeah. the neighbor's fence, it was all just there. And I think the premise was something about you go through law school, Harvard, your parents put up all this money and you're working at monkey wards. Right. You know, right. lawnmowers, lawyers, mopeds. <laughs> I mean, I think that was the first one that actually yeah. kind of worked. That's good. That's I like it. Um, yeah. And then, so then you just learn, you know, what's the difference between radio and stand up and 
start hammering away at it. Mm-hmm. And boy, is there motivation to actually get people to laugh versus not laugh. Mm-hmm. Very tough. How about even like the, uh, because I've never, you know, got up on stage and told jokes, but I do the radio thing. And there's, I imagine, what's the, as as the performer, what's the difference between, you know, but when I'm, you know, when you're on the radio, besides the reaction to your coworkers, you know, there's no, there's no really live reaction. You know, I, it's something that becomes very apparent very quickly. What people loved on the radio in Sacramento would come out to see me do live. They didn't laugh at live. Really? Yeah. And they, they loved it on the radio, which doesn't mean it wasn't funny. Mm-hmm. It was funny in a radio way where they would smile and nod. Yeah. It wasn't laugh out loud funny. Are you saying radio's easy? Is that what you're saying? No. Are you saying- I, I'm saying, and in fact, here's a good example. Woody Allen was a great stand-up, mm-hmm. wrote terrific essays. Mm-hmm. I think the essays were funnier as a kid than his stand-up, which I thought was brilliant. Mm-hmm. I thought there was more talent and funny in the essays. He could not get up on stage and read his own essays and get people to laugh out loud, but his stand-up did. It's two different things. Yeah, that's a good point. It's just two different things, yeah. and you have to learn what that is. And then your mind gets shaped, and you can you immediately have the instinct when you're writing. They'll laugh at that. There's a good shot they'll laugh at it. Yeah. And the radio thing is, will they smile and nod in the car? Mm-hmm. And that may be actually more creative and funny. Yeah. But that is a diff- that's a different response. Yeah, it is completely different. If I asked you what was your best show ever, do you have one that comes to mind? I know my worst. Go there. So there was a time in radio where... You know, we were promoting a lot of shows, the San Francisco station. Mm-hmm. Stand-up was hugely, it was just exploding in the Bay Area, San Francisco. And there's always been drag racing. Mm-hmm. People like drag racing. Since Greece. Since I think that's Greece, what started the, it. The chariots. So somehow, and I think it was a radio sales guy that came up with this idea. So oh, they, had to st- hey, those guys, hey, those they guys. know radio better than anyone. So... They decided to sell this client, Baylands Raceway. Drag racing's popular. Comedy's popular. Let's combine the two. Thousands show up for drag racing. Thousands show up for comedy. But only 14 will show up to see them at the same time. <laughs> Literally 14. Awful. So that's just the start of the awful. Okay. So get this. The audience was in the grandstand at the finish line. And we were at the starting line because that's the only place they had lights at night. So you're a quarter of a mile away from the, <laughs> the other side of the track. Of 14 people. <laughs> and literally, if you got a response, they were so far away, it came back in time later. It's the echo. Literally in the setup to the next bit. <laughs> So, you you know, you did the setup, punchline, I don't hear anything, I'm moving on. And right. then you'd hear a laugh because they were that far oh, away. No. Well, here, I think we we get to the point here where uh, it's time to open the Playboy. Oh, wow. Well, there you go. So from the May 2001, uh, the 20 questions in Playboy that was with uh, Mariska Hargitay. Oh, 
You Pop love- quiz, who's her mom? Mother. Um, so she was formal. married to a bodybuilder. Okay. Right? I Wasn't she? Mariska yeah. Hartigay's mom was, give me a clue. Uh, actress. Actress. Beautiful. Beautiful. No, beautiful. Uh, not... Happy birthday, Mr. President. Not Marilyn Not Jane Monroe. Mansfield. Jane Mansfield. Man- yes, Jane yep. Mansfield. Her mother is Jane's man- Jane wow, and, Mansfield. Wow, and her mom died tragically. Um, boy, I'd say losing your head yeah. would be tragic. Beheaded. Wouldn't it? Yeah. 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 You got any beheading jokes? No. <laughs> right. um, well, she was on the uh, 20 questions that month, and here is one of her questions that I'm going to ask you, Tim Bedore. Right. Uh, Tim Bedore, do you have a favorite picture of your mother? That isn't Jane, Man- Jane yes. Mansfield. Uh, she's handing me a check. <laughs> and, and no, I don't have a favorite picture of my mother. Does that make me a bad person that I don't have a favorite picture of my mother? I don't either. Okay. Do you have a favorite picture of Mariska Hargitay's mother? Uh, yes. Uh, unfortunately, her head is rolling down Sunset <laughs> Boulevard. <laughs> Sadly. Um, and I think that's where it happened. <laughs> I think it was rolling down... Can you imagine? There goes Jane Mansfield's head. Hey, wait. This is question number 10, but not for you. Is Robert De Niro aware of your obsession with him? Actually, uh, yes, his lawyers have contacted me on a number of occasions. I'm writing a sequel to Goodfellas, but not Goodfellas 2. Mm -hmm. For some reason, I'm stuck on Goodfellas 7. It's really down the road. I mean, it's like, well... Children's children, children. Yes, they're yeah. they're in the nursing home. That's perfect. What's the best time to be in New York? Uh, all right. Uh, Have you been to New York? I've been to New York, and there is really uh, no good time to be in New York That's or Los Angeles at this point. I um, should have just re- substituted Los Angeles. You could say I saw a guy in Los Angeles the last, and it was the Oscars where Mickey Rourke was up for the wrestler. Sure. And this is when I knew that it was right to have moved. Mm-hmm. There was a, a guy coming up the street with the boots and the jeans and the vest and the blonde curled hair mm-hmm. holding a chihuahua. Mm-hmm. And for you look, that's Mickey Rourke. Oh. And he's coming up the street and you, then he gets closer and you realize it's a homeless guy <gasps> who has chosen to look like oh no! It's time to go. <laughs> time to get out. And that Chihuahua was a rat. Uh could have been. He rescued a street Chihuahua. So it's a homeless guy who is looking famous. <sighs> and in New York and L.A. both have that going for themselves. Yeah, you're not going to get that here. Let's see. Would you rather have a cop or a doctor as a boyfriend? Now, when you say boyfriend. I'm saying boyfriend. You're saying boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cop or doctor? Doctor to figure out why suddenly I have a boyfriend. <laughs> I think. Because I'd always be paranoid that the cop would arrest me for doing something. Isn't sodomy still illegal <laughs> I, in many I, states? It, yeah, in many states, yes. You know, my wife is a lawyer. Oh. And. She is also my lawyer, mm-hmm. so really, I, I can't win anything. No. I, I have no standing at any time. I can't even confide in her. No. Tim, where can people find you on the internet? Vaguebuttrue.com. 
I saw it on your website. You were somehow involved in that huge quiz thing in Wisconsin. I ran the world's largest trivia contest when I was in college. Yeah. Uh, it is a, a fantastic show. Um, unbelievable fun. Yeah. Have I love you, trivia. Have you participated in that since you... No. No. No, I love trivia, though. I mean, I, I, why does the mind remember so many odd things? I don't know. The buffalo that posed for the back, the engraving of the Indian head nickel, uh-huh. black diamond. Why do I know that? I don't know why you know that. I don't know that. But that's what it was. Yeah. I mean, I just happened to have that in my head. Yeah. How many miles from the Bat Cave to Gotham City? 13? 14. Oh, seriously? You see, <laughs> that's what the sign says. You remember the Dick Van Dyke show? I've seen it, yeah. You've seen it. Mm-hmm. So in the office, behind the desk, there is a framed picture across the top. Dairy maids. I don't know why, but... Uh, uh, b- the wife of uh, of Buddy is nicknamed Pickles. I mean, there's just it's stupid. How about things. this? I'll put you on the spot here. Andy Griffith died today. Yes. Any Andy trivia? Any Andy shows Griffith he was on? Show. Most importantly about that show was that it was the first TV spinoff. That was the first show spun off from another show. And the trivia question is, what show was? It was the Danny Thomas show. The Danny Thomas show. Danny Thomas stopped in Mayberry on the way to Florida and broke down and he stopped and all these characters were there and it was so popular they made a show out of it. And then that led to other spinoffs of Andy Gomer Griffith, Pyle. Gomer Pyle. Yes. And, uh, yes. So there's your Andy Griffith. Started as a comic. Really? Andy he did radio too, I think. He did, uh, uh, his first big hit was a comedy album on football. And he was like, he didn't understand, they, they got this thing it's a pig skin, and they throw it. You know, it was, it was funny. It was yeah. huge. Hit. Yeah, yeah. Andy. 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 Well, and Floyd the Barber. You just, you, you got to love your Floyd the Barber. All right. Well, when you come back and we do the show again, I want more trivia because I love that stuff too. Trivia is hugely fun. Thank you, Tim. Thanks. My uh, guest next week be Lori Kilmartin. Oh, very funny. Yes. Thank you.